I got that, I got that. Yeah, heard them call me conscious. I ain't think about that honestly. My thoughts too deep to process. So I do this all unconsciously. Finally feeling God blessed. Got a woke off dropping prophecy. Don't take it out of context. Just before, I swear they always sleep. Now they catch the message, yeah. Bet that every song is deep. It's levels in each concept. But I can't just never mono theme. I'm trying to lead this flock for the cause, not the following. People upon the partner. And I wonder why they drawn to me. Once upon a time, I thought to follow up a dream draw Life about these lines, nothing twice about these schemes And like thrice about these insights What I write is like a blueprint for you to comprehend life That's life, I reckon make you shine Never dim it down, even if you live surrounded Where everybody vision clouded Remember staying down ain't quite as good as getting out It's said remember staying down ain't quite as ay, ay, ay. Few believed, yeah Many doubted it was hard for them to think Somehow I'm finally getting out of that set Usually, yeah A vision clouded, but As you can see by now We finally getting out of writing truth Spread love, tell me how you feel about it Got this music from above That's how I know I'm getting out of writing truth Spread love, tell me how you feel about it Got this music from above That's how I, ay, ay. What's up, Internet? Episode 51 with my pops. Not a whole lot to say here. Just make sure you check out the links in the show notes. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy this. My pops is a trip. Not the most intelligent guest I've had on, but I love him anyway. All right. Y'all enjoy. All right. I finally got pops here. We've been trying to do this since before Father's Day of this year. It's like August, what, 13th? <laughs> and uh, we finally made it happen. Pop said back in April that he had some things he wanted to say that he enjoyed the podcast, and uh, I want to hear what you want to say. I was surprised first. I, I was surprised that you wanted to get on because I talk about like God and religion, and we never talked about that much growing up. And then I also talk about like politics and stuff that you don't like to talk about either. Yeah, I keep a lot of I keep a lot of that in, inside me. I mean, I I don't uh, I just I think we're living in a crazy time right now, and and what I mainly hear is uh, the racist thing, and um, I'm not co completely comfortable with it because the way I the way I was raised and, and the times I was raised in, totally crazy, and I see a lot of it get reverted back to now. Um, you think it's better or worse? No, I think it's I think it's probably worse, and it's sad because, you know, I mean, when I was like I guess I was in the fifth grade or something, and I brought a guy home one time, Walter Hightower, Cochise Hightower. I'll never forget it. He's a hell of an athlete, and uh, my neighbors told my folks, "Don't bring this guy back." Don't bring him back. And my dad basically said, fuck you. My son knows what he's, you know, he knows good people when he sees them. And that's how it all started. But, you know, I see it happen a lot nowadays. And it's based on the color of your skin. It's a joke. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's the time we're in. But I don't see that it's gotten any better. I really don't. I haven't seen it's gotten any better. I feel like it has to a degree, but... At the same time, it's like 
I feel like there's less racists out there, but the racist people that are out there are digging in deeper, digging their heels in even well, more. Well, yeah, and that, that's got a big part of it. Um, the race card is is a quick a quick fix for a lot of it. And, you know, yeah, it's 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 not that at all. But you know, I, I heard a girl it. tell me one time when I was working at Wells Fargo, she said the reason that it always comes back to people judging each other based on race is because everybody wants to judge each other anyway. And you don't have to get to know people to judge them by their race. You can just look at them and judge them. And mm. people like are scared to even get to know each other, regardless of their color. They don't try people to. People are out here just like, no matter who you are, they're scared to get to know each other. And uh, so, you know, if you can find something easy to judge people by, then they'll, they'll accept that. No, that's a big. It's a big part of it. That and and, and what you own. Yeah, classism. Yeah. Uh, I think that's more real. Like the racism thing is kind of like promoted almost in in some circles, and it's real to the people that are truly racist. But on a cultural level, I feel like the racism thing is almost. Well, and they, I, they push it in order to. It's like part of the divide and conquer strategy, you know. Um, but whereas classism, they don't like, they don't try to make the public aware of classism, you know, they hide that, but it's, but it's almost more obvious too. Yeah. Well, I've seen it both ways too. And I've seen, uh, blacks be real racist to a white. Oh, every, group, that's what I'm saying. Know, everybody, uh, any, no matter what race you are, but, that's why biracial people are awesome because they, they <laughs> see through it. They see through all the bullshit. Right, right. But yeah, so it's it, I I don't see that it's gotten any better, but you know it's because they don't talk about it. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to learn from it. This shit about taking statues down, I thought was the biggest joke in the world. I mean, it's history. Learn from it. Yeah, but do you think? I mean, I don't have a problem with them coming down because I don't know. Like, well, what, what, what I have a problem losers. with, what I have a problem with, though, is they take them down and put others up, and the others are a direct opposite of why they took the others down, and that's where I have a problem. I mean, I don't know, man. I yeah, but I feel like no matter what statue is up, somebody's going to find something to complain about. So you do away with statues? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know I mean, what the solution is. I just yeah. think that everybody takes everything personally. That's the problem. Yeah. It's a lot of self-importance and resisting. Like the same thing about resisting getting to know each other. It's like resisting coming together, which is pretty much what we have to do in order to, you know, stop chasing the dollar. Yeah, Otherwise, we're going to continue. But you can't want one like history that. over the other. You can't want. One yeah, history but I don't taken know. I think, down to show another part of the history. Yeah, I agree. History with that. is history, and if, but no, if it's but history, no good, then you live from you live you live differently. Yeah, but it's still a, a story. You know, it's it's a story. That story is part of the word history. So why do you take it down? Well, because it, it changed. It changes. The story itself can change. Hmm. I don't know. I I, I kind of disagree with the whole. I think. History is history, and if if you don't learn from it, then you go. It, it's all in a circle, and so it'll, history will repeat itself if you don't learn from the past history. There's something to that. 
I mean, that's how people evolve. That's how evolution works, right? You learn from mistakes. And you then hope. You, and then you, you hope. Grow. It's like, you know, screw you, you me once, shame different. on me. Screw me twice, shame on you. I mean. Yeah, but at the same time, when it comes to, like, history, the way that we're told it in school, like, that certainly has a slant on it. And there's definitely, like, falsehoods in that. Oh, yeah. In that story. Yeah. I mean, there's theories that... Um, you know, Africans were here before Columbus, and that, you know, there's Pangea theories and Atlantis theories, Lemuria. I mean, there's all sorts of wild theories out there that are not mainstream when it comes to history. So, you know, I just saw something the other day that uh, surprised me that, you know, when, uh, when Lincoln freed the slaves, he still had black. Well, he only did it in the, slaves in the north, yeah. Still. Well, it only freed slaves in the south, too. The Emancipation Proclamation. Uh, I just, I just But think... again, I don't know. Like, the, when it comes to history, I feel like a lot of it, a lot of what we're told is either slanted. totally fabricated or completely slanted. <clears throat> well, I just think that you don't take down history. You keep it up to remind people this wasn't good let's do something different yeah but th that it doesn't feel like the most of the people that are upset about them taking it down i feel are coming from that angle dad most of the people that are upset about them taking it down are mad because they're glorifying the confederacy you know well i know what it did to home values on monument avenue and, I, and yeah, no, you're right. It, yeah, it dropped home values yeah. on Monument Avenue. And then not only that, then you got people. What a beautiful invest, ride it was. Investment though. firms so, buying up those homes. And, you know, when the market's right, they'll resell them. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I just hate to see history repeat itself. And I think that's what's happening. I think uh, it's a divided nation that we live in right now. And. Uh, but I think it's even more than just divided. I think it's fragmented, like like to the point where everybody's on their own island almost, you know? It goes back to, again, we were talking about, about people being scared to even talk to each other, meet each other, get to know each other. I think that's why racism is even able to exist, because it's just an easy way to judge people. And people are just always looking for ways to judge others, put themselves above others in some way, shape, or form, rather yeah. than getting to know them and coming together and forming some sort of relationship where both people can benefit. Sure. I agree with that. I agree with that. It's just, you know, I, when I was a kid coming up, man, I saw it, and I'm seeing it now. And I think a lot of that has to do with that class structure part that, that you were talking about. Yeah, I mean, tax brackets what, themselves. What, what side of the railroad tracks were you born on? And, you know, these are nice homes. I mean, Arlington, Virginia is typical of that. Anything... Green Valley was, uh, you didn't want to go down to Green Valley, you know, and it's, oh, yeah. I don't know, it's still, I still see it, I still see it. No, there's a, my, one of the music artists that I've been listening to, Jelly Roll, he actually has a song called Train Tracks, uh, talking about, I think it's, he's in, grew up in Nashville, maybe it was Knoxville, but he grew up in one of the cities like that in Tennessee, talk, literally talking about, you know, how it's, one side of the train tracks is affluent and and the other side is, uh, you know, yeah. impoverished. Yeah, I see it all the time. But anyway, uh, talk about it and, 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 you know, don't. 
But I judge. feel like it, there's yeah, there's only a couple of ways to resolve it, and that is. Well, I think one is encouraging people to just get to know each other for real. And this ain't like, I know it's an overstated quote, but like what Martin Luther King said was judge a person by his merit of his character rather than the color of his skin. And like, but in order to do that, you have to get to know the merit of their character. And that's harder to do than to just judge them without ever getting to know them. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. But anyway, I mean, I think just people need to talk about it. Don't uh, put it underneath the rug and hope one day it's going to change because it's not going to change until people get out and talk about it. You know, it's Yeah, and but the way it needs to be talked about needs to be more personal, too, and less uh, corporate, you know, di diversity, inclusion, and equality. Like, that. that's bullshit because it's like, oh, yeah, we want all these different skin colors, but you still have to think the way we think. Like, there's no mm. diversity of thought. There's no diversity of lifestyle. There's no diversity mm. of culture. Yeah. It's all these colors that are living the corporate culture, you know, the corporate right. lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. So there's a different, there's a way it has to be done too because the way it's being done with that corporate bullshit, that's not, that's not real diversity. <laughs> that's not real inclusion. Yeah, and when you're discussing things like, top echelon of the government, they need to be a little bit more transparent as far as what they're doing to change things. And yeah, I don't that's see that happening. Change. Yeah, that's never going to change, that's... I don't think. I think we have to change as a people because the more we accept it, the more they're able to do what they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like the, I like, I saw when you, when you had the balancing act, I like that, you know, it's like you. What do you mean? You see both sides of the picture, or you talk about both sides of the picture. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see it with friends of mine that I work with now. I mean, they say, oh, that's not the way it happens. And I'm like, sure it is. And I just know how it always happened with me. Right. I didn't know how it happened with them. Yeah, everybody's got a story. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I try to get out of people is the, like, real stories, stories that influence their life. You know, like your story with Walter, what was his name, Hightower or whatever. Yeah, yeah that was real, too. That was, and we were playing basketball at an a outdoor court down in, uh, in North Arlington. And that was the same time they were burning, trying to burn D.C. down. And uh, we're playing basketball, and you know, there's like probably 12 of us down there, three teams of four. Winter stayed on the court. It was fun. Wasn't much of a basketball player, but I mean, it was fun. I had my best friends down there, and uh, and all of a sudden we hear this awful racket coming down the hill, and it was a freaking Ku Klux Klan on horseback, you know. And it's like, what the? Of course, three of my buddies, Ray Courtney, Kenny Dabney, I don't know, can't think of it. Maybe Joey Royster. Anyway. Those three guys were black, and they were scared. And I can't tell you, I was scared, too. I didn't know what the hell was going to go on. Mm. So that was different times, different times. And uh, we just uh, screwed the basketball. Let's go to Mario's Pizza House and eat some pizza. <laughs> you know, It was different. It was different. But like I said, I don't really see 
where, where it's changed a whole lot. No, I, I, I put I mean, a lot you don't, of it on. You, I mean, is the Ku Klux Klan marching in the street, though? They're not they're marching in D.C., I don't think. Maybe in some southern areas. No, but they're not afraid areas. to. They're not afraid to. Yeah. There's some ballsy guys. You know, yeah. And, uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it's it's different. And, and like I said, uh, I don't see it has gotten a hell of a lot better. Yeah, I feel um, like there's a less number of racists, but I feel like the ones that still are are even more racists. Yeah. Like as far as the degree of racism. Yeah. They've yeah. dug their heels in. But uh it's a learn it's a learned thing. I mean, it's happening at home. That's no how, doubt. And babies aren't racist. Yeah, you know, the, the whole problem with our society now is there's there's no discipline from home. So you know. They try to get away with as much as they can, and they get it to a point, and then they back off a little bit. But it's the same thing. I've heard school teachers tell me that it's a joke because their hands are tied. They can't discipline them. Like I remember times, man, when I was in high school, seeing a buddy of mine getting pulled by his ear down the hallway, you know, and he didn't do it again in their classroom because he knew. He was going to John or uh, whatever name, Mr. Durham's office, and he's going to get a paddle upside his ass. And yeah, but I don't know that that's right either. Well, you, I think there's a balance to that too. I think we're definitely coddling kids today, but I don't know that whooping their ass is the solution. Well, it doesn't happen as often. <laughs> I mean, uh, what do you mean? They, you know, all it took was one paddling by John or by Mr. Durham, and this guy didn't didn't. Uh, screw up like he did in class yeah i mean it's a learned behavior uh, i don't know and there's just no there's no discipline it all starts at home and when they don't get what they want they go out and they and they do things that i think you whooped my ass one time though that's all i had to man because you were a smart kid <laughs> i mean you know you, you i think i slapped you in the butt one time, but I think it was my tone of voice more than that. But you know, if you're not doing right, what do you, you gotta? I'm not saying that the adults are always 100, percent yeah, because they're definitely not. But you know, you can't let kids run over. I mean, this bullying stuff that happens in school nowadays. No, I agree. That's that some, all. Some kids probably do need an ass whooping, and like, but again, there's a balance to it. You don't want to like make it the norm to whoop your kid's ass again because no, there's problems no, with that too. You don't want to make it a norm, but if you right. make it, if you do it at the right time, one time, you don't have to do it again. Yeah. Because if the kid's smart, <laughs> he's going to know what's happening. He's know is what's coming. Right. I mean, you look at the television shows that are on from way back in the day and you get a lot of life's lessons. Andy Griffith show is a perfect, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, these kids, man. yeah, I don't know. Back I in the like day, there's... I'm telling you, back in the day, it was, you know, you learn and you learn quick. If you didn't, you're getting another ass whipping. <laughs> I mean, I, I got to tell you, I think it works. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that because I feel like that that creates a lot of like post traumatic stress and all that type of shit. You don't think so? So it's the broke. The broke culture or the the woke culture no i think there's a balance to that too because yeah. i do agree that if you're if you coddle them 
then you end up with what was what's going on today. So there is there is a balance to be had. I think discipline. When you said tone of voice, I think that's a big that's a big factor. You should be able to yell at your kid. You should be able to to you know. But if that doesn't work, what do you do do then? Yeah, no, I know. There's got to be a. There's got to be a something to. At some point, you should be allowed to. (laughs) No, there should be a result that's favorable. You know, as uh, far as like a behavior change. Yeah, because. I mean that's what's happening in schools nowadays. There's there's no there's no discipline, and you know you're taking guns away from people. But back when I was coming up, if you had a beef with somebody, you 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 you, you fought, but not with guns. You know you fought with your fist, and it's different nowadays. They want to settle everything with guns, and I I think that comes from home. I mean, I don't know. I tell you, there's got to there's got to be a change somewhere along the line that uh, our country. Yeah, things are always changing. I think the reason that it's the way it is is it was an, that's an overreaction to over disciplining is under disciplining. That's an overreaction. You know, it's like there's got to be a balance of being able to communicate what you want to communicate without resorting to hitting somebody now don't get me wrong maybe it is a last resort i think i think it has to be i think history shows that it's going to be whether we want it to be or not but i think we have to try to create as many in between options as possible that are effective i don't think i don't think not physical abuse is an answer to anything right but when it gets down to that if that's the last thing that's going to make them understand right and wrong, I'm all for it. I mean, uh, schools can't do it. So it's got to happen at home where the behavior changes. If they bring it to the school, you're not helping I, Well, I think another factor in all of this is just letting the kids go play with other kids in the community or in the area or whatever just letting you know the the need they call it they call it helicopter parroting helicopter parroting is like not allowing your child pretty much out of your sight ever you know and i see that as an issue (laughs) you know yeah you gotta let them grow up and I don't know. Almost, Something needs to change. Other, other in this kids country. used to keep other kids in check even more than parents used to keep kids in check. I feel like, but now kids, rather than being kept in check they jump by on actually, the side or something. Well, no, I think it's the internet. You know, they're on they're on their wow. computer or on their phone rather than out playing with their friends and getting kept in check by their friends and learning life lessons with their friends out in the woods or, you know, I think it's just that change has been more of a of a negative effect on on our youth than not hitting our kid. I don't think that, I think it's more like the internet and just helicopter parenting in general and overprotecting them in general. Yeah, well, before we had cell phones. It, right, exactly. Every, 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 every move's gotta be um, tracked. It's, it's a joke. It's it's and, and social media has got a lot 
lot, lot of yeah, I think that hurts kids' mental health growing up too. Oh, yeah. Like n never having the freedom to make mistakes and learn yeah. from those mistakes, you know? Right. Being, and everything has to happen like this, you know? It's like instant gratification or, mm -hmm. you know, and I remember when it was time for me to come in, it was when it was dark. You couldn't see the ball anymore. And now they're out, out, out at all hours of the night and uh, there's no, there's no, uh, no, I don't control. think they're out at all. I don't think most kids are out at all. Well, they don't go out to begin with. They don't even go out in the afternoon to throw a ball against the steps and let the ball pop back to them while they're inside on a computer playing their computerized games or on Facebook or Instagram, whatever. It's just. There's no uh, true recreation time. They don't get outside and do things. And I think that's got a lot to do with it, too. Yep. Not getting outside. What do you think about mine that I wanted to bring up? Uh, oh, yeah. The internet in general. How do you think the internet has changed you know, culture, society? Oh, I think it's it's been terrible. I really do. Yeah. I think it's... I think it's ridiculous um, why because it's the instant gratification part of it or the instant you know i'm going to take a shit so let me let me put it on facebook you know <laughs> it's like what you know and so yeah it's, but it's a tool i think we're learning how to how to work with it or how to use it well i hope so i, <clears throat> I hope uh it's, it's in it's like a technology in its immature state you know i think uh People let people know they're out of town and the first place the people are going to break into your house go are the people that you just told that yeah. you're out of town. You know, uh, I, it's funny that you ask that because your grandfather, my pop, uh, before when he was on his on his dying bed, told me, he says, son, there's going to be three things that bring this country down. And he said, computers, lawyers, and judges. And don't think lawyers and judges are the same thing because they're not. And since he's since he passed, he sure as hell has been right because I've experienced it all. I and don't know. It's, it's sad. I don't know. It's sad. Oh, yeah, I do know. I, do I don't know. know about that. And the computer is going to bring it, this country, this, this world to, to, to its knees. Um, you know, if a, if a business gets struck by lightning, like the, up there at, uh, the gas station and the fast food places up here at route, uh, or, so you uh, think we're dependent on the internet? Our absolutely. If, if, if it's down. No, I agree. I actually agree with you on that. I think, I think our dependency on the internet is not a good thing, but I, at the same time, I don't see it as a fully bad thing, but I do think we need to still learn how to live without it. I just think it's funny if if I go online and I'm looking for golf shorts, and the next three or four days, seven days, ten days, whatever, I've got so many ads to come buy some golf shorts. No, that's for sure. This is the algorithms are tracking every move you make online and trying to build a profile of you to know how to sell to you and yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's the result of um, a hyper-consumer culture, you know? Instead of 
instead of valuing our relationships with each other, we value how much stuff we can buy, you know? And so then the, then the algorithms are designed to figure out a way to how to sell more to you, you know? But it's crazy how the eye in the sky knows exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what Pop said. He goes, hey, man, it's going to bring it down. And I've seen corrupt lawyers, corrupt judges. Corrupt bankers, too, though. True. They're just corrupt. True that. Corrupt official, yeah. official, you know, corporate and government in bed type stuff, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I tell you what, it's scary, though. I, You know, I think about Teej. Uh, growing up and it's like it's not really what I want him to have to come up with yeah no, it's only gonna get worse there's a lot of agreements out here that are not good agreements I feel like that's why part of what what I am trying to accomplish with this podcast is just getting people to examine what agreements they're making because you know dependency on the internet dependency on well, you sign, you're signing, you're signing up with the devil. I think. I mean, I think that's what you're doing when you, when you, <laughs> when you, when you. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, man. I, I think mean, I'm hyperbolic, but. <laughs> well, I can tell you the 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 computer is a wicked thing. Yeah. Facebook. Any artificial intelligence, just as a whole. I think so. Yeah. I mean, you look at the people; they're going to be without jobs before long because everything's going automation they're already trying to do it everywhere you go it's self-checkout is that technically is that really going to be the worst thing in the world though that people aren't going to have don't to think work it's gonna, i don't think it's going to help what are know. people going to do with their for income to put food on the table for their family i think farming needs to become another thing again you know, Farming is so to worry big now, but that's even going income. automated. I no, mean, I mean like home farming needs to become a thing. Well, I think again. so too. I think it's like and I like, saw something on the internet today about, you know, this. And uh, community gardens too, like people coming together to feed each other. Yeah. Community meals, and community And I've, I've seen some of those pop up. Mm -hmm. But I think it's the same people working the garden every day. It's not. People think that, well, they get a free handout. The free handout thing is... That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's a good thing that, that if people lose their jobs and the welfare state crumbles and all this shit crumbles. Well, I, I, it that's why it to. goes back to... Uh, to uh, people will start, you know, this figuring out This universal basic income or whatever it was. Yeah, I think that, that's the, that, a good idea. Well, as long as you do away with food stamps. And, and everything else. Yeah, no, you're... Well, that's what Andrew Yang said was the way that he would have it set up is such that you could either get the $1,000 or whatever the amount they decide on is a month free and clear, or you can continue to get your welfare benefits. You can't get both. Yeah. Well, I think you've got a, the, the freebies is long, long gone. You can't, you can't get, keep getting something for nothing. Um, I don't know, man. I don't have the answer to all that. Well, I think that's a good idea. I think if you can eliminate food stamps and and is that know, that bad? That, I don't know. I think I think that's not as bad as I think you need to eliminate uh, 
corporate bonuses and um, the, you know, well, people want to get mad at like people who are, um, you know, taking advantage of the system at a welfare level. And don't get me wrong, there's something to that. But what about getting mad at the people that are taking society for millions and billions? They don't ever get, no. you know, there's no recourse Oops. for them. And those millions and billions could be, could take care of the welfare issue, the welfare fraud issue, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's a lot of that too. There's a lot White of that. White collar crime. On. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I got to tell you uh, insurance fraud. Yeah. A lot of that. A lot of that. That's why insurance is so high now. Mm -hmm. And, and it, whose pockets are getting lined? from all this insurance fraud is the lawyers. Yeah. And uh, eventually it trickles to the judges. And uh, I, you know, I, I tell you, uh, the more I think about it every day, Pops was right, man. Pops yeah, but right. I'm more optimistic than that. I don't think we're gonna get, I think the human spirit is too strong to get brought down. I think we are gonna come together and well, yeah, I, think, I hope you're right. I think the, I, you're I think right. you're right as far as the internet. Like the internet might not be here one day. You know, the whole technical infrastructure might implode on itself. But that wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. <laughs> and I think cell phones have got to go. Well, that What's would be part of the landline. And uh, well, no, if I you're not home, it goes to an answer machine. Call them back when you get home. But as long as you got that phone with you, all you know, I have a big problem at work. Guys always want to stay on the phone the whole time. That's everybody. We're all addicted to our phones. And uh, you're always on there betting on horses and watching horse races. Yeah. I'm always on. I'm not. I'm guilty of it as anybody. I think we are all addicted because the algorithms figure out ways to make us want to be on it more. It's like it's a psychological slash technological slash spiritual battle conflict. Yeah. Well, I say let's go back to the olden days. <laughs> You think it was better? Oh, hell yeah, man. I had such a great childhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's sad nowadays, I think. There's no family structure. I, I, I got to tell you, I, th I think uh, the technological revolution has ruined us. I, I, I really believe that. And it only gets better every day, so they say. What do you mean? Other it's faster. It's faster, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And they can do more. Yeah. But somewhere along the line, uh, there's going to put a lot of people out of work. These self-driving uh, tractor-trailer rigs and everything else, I, I don't know. Yeah, Andrew Yang talked about that a little bit. Um, yeah, I tell you, that's a brilliant guy. I didn't do a yeah, whole lot. Yeah, but I don't know. I think he's too into the blockchain. He's too tied into the tech bros and Google and all that. I think he has some good ideas that I think we can adopt, especially when it comes to, like, UBI. Um, I'm more into I've learned about gift economy, you know, based off of, like, the indigenous, you know. they The way their economy worked, they didn't have money, you know. But everybody knew everybody in the tribe. So that was Because you traded stuff. If, if, I'm, if I'm growing corn... With other tribes, maybe, but and here's, you're, but, here's the, but I'm talking about inter-tribe, not 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 across tribes, in within the tribe, 
just the fact that you knew each other so well, you, you, you know, that's part of like growing up in Middlesex, the way I, the reason I feel an appeal to this type of lifestyle is like their lifestyle was such that the richest person in their eyes was the person who had given the most over the course of their life. So that your ability to give is what made you rich. And, the, and then your status is what made you rich, you know? And your status was based on how much you gave. And so that was like the way that the tribe stayed, stayed bonded is everybody always wanted to give more to each other because the more you gave, the more status you had as somebody that had given something. Right. So the more deer you kill I, and all, give it away, the more that. you grow yeah. and give it away, then you're looked at as somebody, oh, I want to give to him because that's the one that's been given the most to the tribe, you know? Yeah. And, and not only that, you know that that's the type of person that's going to give whatever excess back back to the, the rest of the people, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. We got, got a... I agree with that. I agree with that. I just think that, you know, it, we got to get back to the old old ways. Like what? I think when you say old ways, you're talking like the 40s and 50s. I'm talking like indigenous and what and what civilization calls the, primitive, you know? The, even the language game is set up. They, they call, to call it prehistory and primitive people. But it's not like it, history wasn't happening. Things were happening. They just don't, it's not part of our culture's history. They don't you didn't hear want about us to it. talk about it. You didn't it. hear about it a half hour after it happened. What do you mean? I mean... Oh, you're talking it's about so quick. And the information about things, that, yeah, with yeah, Facebook they, and social media yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you missed the Sunday 6 o'clock news, you didn't hear about it until Monday evening's news. Now they have news on at 4 o'clock in the morning that lasts till well, I mean, 7. with the internet, you can just check the phone, your Google News anytime you want. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answers. I just know things need to change. And I think... I agree with that. But I think it's changing all the time, and I think... You think it's changing for the better? Not necessarily, but at the same time, the worse it gets, the better, the more obvious the problems become, the more people are going to want to solve them. Well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I always do my best to be optimistic about things. But yeah, I definitely see, you know, in this little speck of time, things are definitely getting worse. But, you know, I think because of that, they'll get better after that, you know? Just got to keep pushing. Yeah. What do you think about the nature of reality? Why we're here? As human, as humanity, and then as individuals. Um, I would, you, yeah, come back a little you bit. So you to, know, you're not, you're not you in want the frame to, enough. You here. want to, uh, you want to make things better for everybody instead of tearing people down. Or, I mean, how do you do that? Communication. Yeah. Communication. You have to have a... You know, I've got a friend of mine that I went to high school with that is running for Congress. 
And I'm thinking to myself, man, you're nuts. <laughs> I'm thinking uh, that too. Uh, he was a retired naval officer. And he did really well. And he wants to get involved because he sees what's happening. He's got grandchildren and and children that he wants to pass along a better way of life. And I think I think that's that's admirable, number one, but I I think everybody needs to feel that way. And I don't think that happens now. Yeah. I agree with that too. You know, I, I I think there's just, <clears throat> I think the system is too corrupt to, to fix. I think it's yeah. got to implode. I think it would be a good thing for it to happen. I mean, I think it needs to implode before. The question is, is the technological infrastructure going to implode? Because the political infrastructure is going to implode. And a lot of the social structures are going to implode. That's clear. It seems clear. But the question is, is the technological, is the internet going to implode? I don't know. I don't yeah. know about that one. Yeah, it's either gonna it's either gonna drive the changes for better, or it's gonna implode. Because if it continues to go on the route it's going on, it's gonna implode. But it seems like it has the power to change itself, to reroute what it's trying to get. You know, the input output, the algorithm. You know, so to speak. It's desire. It seems like it's almost well, alive. Do you, do you think you, the internet is alive? David Bowie said the internet is an alien life form before he died. Do you think of that? Or do you just think it's a super intelligent tool? I think it's a super intelligent tool. I think it was, but I think it's come alive. It's gotten so smart that it's like auto-learning. What do you think learning. needs to happen? What do you think needs to happen? I mean... You, with what? With the internet. I think it's alive. I think we have to treat it like it's a, a living thing almost at this point. Well, I think it needs to die. Yeah? Yeah. A lot of people feel the same way you do. I think it does. I think it... Uh... But I think it's almost more powerful than us. So, like, by thinking that, then it's going to work against you. So you kind of almost, like, have to work with it. And maybe you can secretly hope it still implodes on itself <laughs> yeah. eventually, but you kind of have to work with it and try to adjust it for what you, you know, you can, I, I think for now. Well, I just hope, you know, it doesn't create, uh, like I said, the lost jobs. I don't know. I tell you, it's 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 a crazy way of thinking now. Yeah, man. but I think I don't know, man. I think we just need to shift the way our jobs work, and we need to shift the way we think about work too. You know, again, what if all those people that lose their jobs began farming and hunting and creating um, community centers for potluck dinners for people for the poor, and you know, I just think that there'll be people that hunt and fish and do that for more money, more power. I mean, I don't know if they're going to help people. Right. Because I think our, our our community standards are so low right now. Yeah. That people don't look at... No, that's a good point. ...trying to help people. They want to help themselves. Mm -hmm. It's all a greed grab. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's... That's the only thing I, th I, you know, 
Maybe that's what's going to bring it down. The, the yeah, I think the way that people operate is the biggest problem. Not the internet, not the government. I think the way that people operate, our lifestyle, our cultural lifestyle, not necessarily people. I don't think it's a human problem. I think our culture, and when I say our culture, I mean 99% of the world, because we've killed off most of the indigenous people that were living tribally. You know, but we have a lot to learn from them. I feel like. Yeah. I think it goes back to what you were talking about before. I, uh, if you work as a tribe, yeah, and everybody's tight. If everybody, if everybody together is working toward the same goal, that's a lot more powerful than one person working toward that goal. You got a mechanic that can work on your car. And so you take care of him with corn or beef or something. Deer that I killed. Whatever, yeah. I'm out bow hunting while he's fixing my car. It's <laughs> Whatever. Like, yeah, but it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, I think we got to get back to that. To where there's just no money at all? I'm, I'm good with that. I yeah. think everything is a barter system, you know, where you do this for me, I'm going to do this for you. And uh, I don't know. I think people would get along better. I think cars would have to go too for that to even happen, though. Because if you have a you have cars, then you can move too quickly away from your tribe at any given point in time. You know. Yeah, but if you want to give that up, then you kind of have to. Yeah, I don't know. I tell you, it's. I think the farming thing. I think get get back to where you you don't have to worry about a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You raise your own vegetables, you kill your for your beef. You have a butcher maybe like a local butcher and like a local farm. Yeah, you don't uh, pay him guild. You, you pay you pay him with the vegetables you raise or Or by doing something for him, some sort of service that he needs done. Yeah, plumber. Anything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think we got to get back to that. We can't, uh, we can't keep destroying what what was built up. But you sound pessimistic about everything, though. Yeah, well, I'm old. <laughs> I'm old, and I, and I don't, I don't agree with everything that goes on nowadays. But um, yeah, I just, I hope. We, we can get back to where people look out for each other again. You know, it's it's gotten away from that. Everybody wants to, it's the greed thing, man. Everybody wants to have it all and don't give a shit about you because you're down here. And, uh, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I just want what's, what's right for you and my grandson I want things what to do be you like? Better. What do you like? All right, I I'm switch gears better. a little bit. Not really, not too much, but uh, you know, you said you wanted to come on the podcast because you liked the podcast. What do you like do. about the podcast? I do that. You get you you talk about things that are are need to be talked with everybody, not just you and whoever's on. They need to have open communication all the time. And uh, that's what I think. I think. I think uh, people need to. There needs to be an open 
open communication between everybody. So you talk things out before you... You got to learn where you're coming from in order to... Where you're going to go. Right. Um, and in know. order to evaluate, like, you can't... You know, I don't, I don't... The word judge and the word evaluate are, like, they have a slightly different meaning to me because judgment is, like, has a negative slant. But you do have to evaluate, like another person's energy or their goals or like their intentions you know you do have to have an evaluation to see whether or not you want to work with them toward a goal or if they have different goals than you then you just kind of you can respect that and let them be but you're not gonna invest your time and energy to try to um you know grow together or you know cultivate a relationship with them as much if, you, if they have totally different goals and totally different energy about them you know but for somebody that does, then you do want, you will want that to cultivate a relationship. But in order for that to even happen, like you talk about, communication needs to be there. Um, uh, you can't have the greed thing. I think greed is the worst thing in the world. Yeah, why? You need, because, you know. Uh, like desires beyond your needs. I want this so I can screw this guy. Oh, yeah. You, so you're talking about... Yeah, I actually talk about that a lot when I talk about ego because I feel like there's nothing wrong with having an ego as long as you're trying to lift other people up to what... You know, I feel like yeah, I feel great about myself. I want other people to feel as great about themselves as I do. But there's also the type of ego where it's like you step on others in order to feel better about yourself. And I think that's like disgusting well, and i think that's what's more prevalent in our society now that's what you're calling greed yeah yeah because uh the desire this guy to want, be well, better like than other CEO, people you're everything. talking about <laughs> you know bonuses for dominion power or having more power than other people you know or whatever more they resources don't, they don't need they don't need to know where their next dollar is coming from they've got it they don't give a shit about you me or anybody else that's on the lower tier. Right. They're they got theirs. The they got theirs, and, and and they're good. Trying to get a yacht. Yeah, catch twenty three. Me and MJ. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm trying to get a boat. No, I'm saying, but those people, rather than like investing their money back into their community, they yeah, don't no, trust their not, community, no. so they'd rather get a yacht. Yeah, they're not. No. And. <laughs> And they're not, they're not doing it. I mean, they're, they want to get all they can get, and they don't give a shit about the next guy. Yeah. You know, and... <laughs> and I also feel like they feel that if they give something to somebody, that that somebody is just going to take it and not do anything with it. You know? Like, they don't want to feel taken advantage of. They don't want to feel like they're giving to a worthless cause. Well, and I can understand that. I mean, listen, I'm all for making what you can make. But I'm not all for making all you can make and then shitting on the guy next to you because he's down on his luck or not down on his luck, you know, but not doing something for the community. I mean... You know, I remember back in the day when I did, well, I still don't have a pot to piss in, but 
when I started, when I started, I think I, you grew up pretty okay. I I did grow up because of my, what my dad did, right, and what my mom allowed him to do. allowed us to 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 be able to have. But you know, I remember when I first started in business, the first thing I did, the first probably probably the second week I was in business with my store, is I called a buddy of mine and said, "Hey, man, I want to sponsor a basketball team." And uh, I did it because they needed a couple sponsors, but it allowed the kids to have fun and maybe learn uh, learn about basketball or camaraderie or or just life. And they weren't able they weren't going to be able to do it because people didn't. They couldn't afford their twenty dollars sign up thing or whatever, you know. And you know, I'm not saying that that I made a difference, but I I would like to think I did, you know. I, I would like to think that. I think you made more of a difference by being a coach than well, you did. Yeah, your time your time is valuable though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just don't, you know. I just think that. There's not enough people out there that'll volunteer their time to make sure kids have a good way of learning competition. And I mean, that ain't happening. It ain't happening like it used to. Right. And that I think goes a long ways. I've still got kids that come up to me, what, 20 years later and call me coach. You know, and I think that's, man, what a what a great feeling that is, you know, because I, I took the time, not necessarily the money, but like you said, the time. To, it's a lot more valuable, man, especially yeah. to kids. But anyway, yeah. So anyway, but I just don't think there's enough of that nowadays. There's not enough people that take their time or, or give a little bit, you know, they, you know, these guys, they got money, they're, they're retiring or whatever at 40 years of age and but they don't do anything with today's youth and I think it's a joke you know I think today's youth is is our future and um, you know and I I don't know I, I just I, I've seen a lot of it I've seen a lot of it back when I was a kid and wanted to play ball and you know Fortunately, my, my my parents could afford it. it was not, not a problem for me, but I saw kids that wanted to play ball that couldn't play ball because their folks weren't going to give $15 to sign him up. Or have the time to take him to practice and right. games. Yeah. Right, right. So there you have it. I think, I think uh, and it goes all, it always goes back. To but there's the always a solution, and I feel like the solutions to a lot of the problems that we face as communities, as families, as individuals, as a region, as a nation, it comes down to our lack of ability to organize, which is, and that is rooted in our lack of ability to communicate or get to know each other. Organization each other's is number stories, one. Yeah. Where people are coming from. We, we don't even show interest in each other. We're scared, everybody's scared of each other. Nobody wants to talk. Yeah. Nobody, it all comes down to communication. And I feel like a lot of that is due to 
listening to what the television is telling us about how everybody's so scary. I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you. I... It seems like to me the world is a lot scarier when you're watching the news than when you're out in the world. <laughs> the world does not seem nearly as scary when I'm out in it as it does when I'm watching the news. The news literally just brings out the worst in society, you know? Yeah, that's why, that's why a lot of people don't even watch the news anymore. I don't. Well, they don't believe it to begin with. That's the either. problem, you yeah. know, so. And, this, and there's uh, no reason to believe it until they start t telling the truth I've, I've and lost, talking about real shit. I've lost a lot of friends in the last couple of years. Not a lot of friends, but I've lost a few friends because of the pandemic and what they hold to be true and what they don't believe or what they do believe is it's just you know i you mean like people that say if you don't take the vaccine you're not a person basically yeah yeah <laughs> you got yeah. it though right you just didn't get your boosters i've gotten i've gotten everything i was supposed to get Damn, so you got it like four jabs. I've gotten three. Jesus Christ. Um, and still got and still Because got I did it when you were a kid, and when I was a kid. When you to mean? go to school, you had to get vaccinations against, yeah, no, no. I against chicken pox or whatever it was, you know. Thank God I hadn't got to get a monkey pox thing yet, you know. But um, no, I, hey, listen, I did it. Um, but. I just think, hey, I, you know, I, number one, I believe it's everybody's individual choice. If they don't want to get it, don't get it. Don't get it. I strongly believe in that. Why are people, why are you losing friends? What do you mean? Well, because, well, it got, it got so political. And oh. number one, I'm not a political person. The only time I've spoke up a few times was I had enough. Um, I'm not going to listen to this bullshit anymore. Hey, that's your opinion. You're welcome at it. But don't throw your opinion and make me accept your opinion. Right. And I lost friends over that. And I think a lot of it was it was politics. Yeah. You know, and then, but you like, you know, you didn't you never really seemed like you were a Trump supporter. No, no. I wasn't a Hillary supporter. Right. Um, no, I don't. I don't put my views against. And I'm not gonna shove it down your throat. Don't shove it down my throat. That's the way I feel. And uh, no, I, listen. I, I I've never I've never really. You never, align myself yeah. with either political party. You never talk about I'm politics independent much growing up. As far as I, I listen to a person, and I'll vote for you based on what you're saying. I don't ever vote on for president. The only time I ever voted was for Dave Brett. I knew him personally. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I don't know. I. I've always voted because and that's kind of what I'm talking about right. with the what I was talking about earlier with the podcast. You know, everybody's worshiping people, voting for people they don't even know. No, 
The they only time I ever voted in my life. They listen to what everybody else says. No, they listen to what the politicians say too. Well, but why do you? Why should you believe anything that they're saying? But if this guy, if I look up to him and he's voting this way, I'm going to vote that way. That's bullshit, man. I mean, are you talking about like celebrity endorsements? Yeah, it's just you know. Yeah. And um, no, it's I a celebrity culture, and politicians are some you know celebrities themselves in a lot of cases. Yeah. I'm just not. No, I'm not down with that shit either. That's why. You, that's why you, I said the kinda, only time kinda, I ever voted. I didn't understand a lot of what Andrew Yang was about before. And I I'm, believe I'm not I a got fan to, of Yang anymore. Well, when I got to checking into it, he's a brilliant man. I agree with him like ninety percent of the time, but there's the ten percent I don't. I'm pretty, pretty staunchly disagree. I think uh, he's very like pro blockchain. What do you think about money? What do you think about crypto? I don't know enough about it. Yeah. I know that I've listened to what you said, and I know that you've done well on a few of them. Yeah, I, I think currency is the distraction, though. I, I don't. The blockchain I don't, is not I don't make enough money to invest in a lot of that. I try to live day to day the way I want to live. And, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, no, I, uh, I hope it, I hope it does well. Why? It does well because it's an alternative source. I think once the world gets used to a form of currency, it goes back to the bartering part. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I I don't. I'm not a huge crypto fan, but it if it if gets people way, to think differently about money, I'm yeah, good with that. That's that's people do me. need to think differently about money, and I and I do. That's the one thing about crypto that I like is it's forced people to think differently about. I money. think if enough of it starts going where people can pay with it, yeah, I think you can though in a lot of cases. Well, I think it's more now than ever. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I don't know how it's going to end up, but. I think you have to have an alternative source to dollars and like Cur nationalistic yeah. currencies, pesos, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'll never, I'll never get time that we went to. Uh, but we I mean, uh, isn't that kind? Of, but you were saying that how much you hated technology earlier. I feel like that's a little bit of an oxymoron to be like you're rooting for crypto, but like well, rooting against the internet because they kind of go hand in hand. No, I don't agree with that. No, they definitely do. You can't even have crypto without the internet. Yeah, but it's an alternative source. I think if, if it's going to become mainstream, it's going to be off the internet. So you think the internet... No, no, it'll be on the internet. It still has to. Yeah, it but runs I mean, on the internet. Yeah, but you're... Yeah, but I think you'll be able to buy crypto without the internet. No. No. No, you'll never be able to do that. Well, then maybe I am. I, I thought you'd be able to buy crypto without having the internet. No. If you can't what buy... It, what it is, essentially, is an algorithm. What you own when you own a Bitcoin is you own a particular al algorithm yes, that has I, a certain hash key. I don't know enough about it. I don't yeah. know enough about it. Um, but I'll tell you this. There's got to be another form of currency, whether it be crypto or whatever. It's got to. There's got to be because I think there already is. It's just we haven't been using it, and the indigenous are the ones that can teach us how to do that. Yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah, I agree with what you're saying because I'm not. I'm not a big proponent of the internet. I'm. 
<laughs> it's just not me. I think it's taken too many people down. Um, people get addicted to it. They live their whole lives on it rather than living their life in life, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, at the same time, I'm using it as a tool to try to get certain messages out, even if they are... I don't want to say they're anti-internet. I think the internet could be a good thing, but it has to change its intention. It has to change, like, the way it's programmed to operate. You know, right now I feel like the way it's programmed to operate is to keep people distracted, you know, rather than to enhance people's lives. No, I think it, I think it definitely distracts people. Right. Because they're not doing anything else but being on the internet. Right. If it could enhance your life as far as actual living your life out yeah. in the real world, that's a different way of using it versus being on it or in it all the time, you know? All the time. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know the answers to that. I just think it's important to talk about because it's it's a frontier, you know? We're in a, we're in a different age of humanity. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> this is a George Jetson. Yeah, no kidding. You know, I saw a meme going around that said uh, somebody's about to give birth to George Jetson. They, if you look up George Jetson on Wikipedia, it has his birth date. It's like July 31st, 2022. <laughs> Something like that, you know. So we are legitimately entering. And then you got Elmo and... And the robot Judy and what was the robot's name? Uh, they cleaned the cleaning robot, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, nah, no, nah. back in the day. So, anything else you want to talk about? Any now, nah, I got I got some questions for you. What's some stories you got from childhood or your 20s that you would want to share with the internet that you think would or that you think could help the youth or just anybody really? It's a good share story to share. Well, you know, those were great days. I mean, back in the uh, early '70s, just I learned a lot. I learned a lot. I, le I learned about uh, race racism. Um, yeah, it was just uh, you move. You were moving up and down the East Coast pretty much. I right? moved. Uh, I think somebody asked me how many schools I went to, and I think it ended up being like, out of 12 years, I was in like uh, nine schools. Mm. So it was different, yeah. But I look back at it now, and I made some lifelong friends that I still keep in contact with. Yeah, I mean, that's what it's about. I've still got some tremendous friends that I, you know, in the fifth and sixth grade, man, I made some friends that were incredible. And they're good people, and they, and believe it or not, they think a lot like I do. You know, um, they're they're over this internet shit. You know, but I mean, it's uh, yeah. Back in the day, it was a whole lot more fun, man. I mean, catching lightning bugs in a mason jar, and then hitting the curb, and <laughs> jar goes into your hand. Yeah, I'll never forget that, you know. All right, they I don't do that shit anymore. I mean, they don't, you don't even find kids that go outside in the evenings when it's at dusk. Yeah. What about a good story, though? Uh, Didn't you say you were, like, picking mushrooms with a buddy one time down in Georgia? In Georgia, yeah. And <laughs> we went to Albany Junior College, and uh, 
Was, was that the first time you ever did mushrooms or you knew about it because you had done it before? I, I had done them before. Um, a lot of fun. <laughs> um, and then this guy from Philly that I went to this junior college with me, his, his father was stationed in Albany, Georgia, along with my dad. And, uh, <laughs> camera shy. <laughs> and, and, uh, he had told me, he says, Hey, there's that field across from the school there. I think we can get some mushrooms. And I was like, really? Yeah. Steve Scarfoni, classic guy, looked like, uh, uh, Danny from Greece with the black leather jacket and his shirt unbuttoned to about his navel. Super nice guy, though. He could talk the yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so he says, yeah, let's do that. And I was like, yeah, we'll do that. So I drive over across the street and I park and Steve gets out and he jumps over this fence. And... Uh, Man, it was no time later. I looked out, and he's hauling ass. And, I mean, I'm like, damn, this dude is flying. Never seen a white boy move so fast. And he went head over, head over that fence, and it was a bull chasing him. It was the craziest shit you ever seen in your life. But there, he had a bag full of mushrooms, <laughs> and they were good, and they were good. <laughs> but, yeah, um one story I used to love to tell was uh, Ricky Smith and Lou Jones. Uh, Lou's the father of, of, of my nieces and nephew. And Lou was, became the sheriff. But back when we were in high school, we were, had this yellow Opal GT. And we would, he would dog this thing. He could drive, but he would dog it. And I'd scared to death, you know, and we were coming around a turn. Rose Gill was Thanksgiving night, probably about 1972, 73. Did a 360 and ended up backwards up top this little hill there. And I and I think I'm, I might have pissed in my pants. I don't know what anyway. I looked at him and he was laughing. And <laughs> we'd come to a stop and he's laughing. I was like, get me. Lou or Ricky? Lou. Lou. <laughs> was laughing and I said, get me the hell of this. Oh man, that was fun. Let's do that again. I was like, no, I don't think so. But what I was going to tell you is, we were ice skating on um, uh, a lake on. Uh, it was a Townbridge Road, Townbridge Lake, and we were ice skating back in the day. We we did some crazy stuff, but I'll never get. Lou took off, and he was all back in these coves and all, and Smith. He was kind of like out in the middle. He was kind of, he was funny as hell, but I would stay like where it was shallow. It was supposed to be really frozen good, you know, but all of a sudden the most wicked sound ever came out and it was the ice cracking. Mm. And I seen Lou, he was flying. <laughs> he looked like Eric hiding that damn Olympic skater. He was flying, man. He And he got about 25 foot from the shore and he just dove and he slid and his belly slid right up on the beach. And Smith, he was still out there and he's looking at Lee like, what the hell are you doing? And he, all of a sudden the sound hit him and here he came running. And by that time I'm sitting on the shore <laughs> and I was like, damn dude, y'all look, look, God damn. And Smith, he got about a quarter way from the shore. 
and he just went straight down the Oof. hole. But he was only up about to his knees, but he couldn't get out because he had his skates on. I never laughed so hard in my life. But, <laughs> but that's the that's a bad sound when uh, ice starts cracking. Oh, out the, on the lake or a That is a terrible sound. And but I've never I'll never forget Lou Jones, man. He he looked like Trey Turner sliding in the home plate. So whoa, whoa. I was like, what? <laughs> but I was like, damn, he's quick. Anyway, that was some. They were good. They were good. But the, the one thing about Smith that I'll never, and I've told you these stories before, but he was the biggest class clown. And I was at Middlesex High School. This was back in 72, 73, and had a teacher named Ms. Gray and uh, I can't think, Ms. Melvin. Ms. Melvin taught history or geography. Ms. Gray taught history or English or something anyway. They asked Smith one time, well, they asked the class one time, said, what was one of the major contributions the Quakers made? And he he raised his hand up, they're like, yes, Ricky. He says, they made oatmeal. <laughs> like, what the hell? You know? And then uh, she asked and said one time, said, what was one of the first settlements that the, that the Norwegians make, and he said Norway. <laughs> you know, he's just like he was. He was a piece of work, and he was the one guy that I remembered. And I, and I think I said this earlier. Uh, I heard all this ruckus in the hallway one time, and I think it was Miss Gray. She had to been about eighty, and she had Ricky by the ear, dragging him <laughs> down the hallway. <laughs> so what the hell has he done now? And. She had gone to the bathroom and he, she came out and he asked her if everything came out all right or something. You know, just typical bullshit that Ricky Smith, he was a piece of work. He's one of a kind. I'll never, I'll never forget Ricky Smith. He's, he was one guy. I, Is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. Lives in, uh, uh, down around Hampton somewhere. Anyway, he, uh, he was the catcher on our baseball team and I, they had just had a article about me in the uh, Daily Press and Newport News about me hadn't str- struck out in 81 times. And I was a sophomore. And uh, so we, we went to play Matthews and they had this boy, uh, can't remember his name now, but he was he ended up playing with Kansas City Royals. But uh, I'll never forget, he, I'm in the batter's box and I fouled off the first pitch. The second pitch, he threw me a curve that broke off the table, and I was like, "Damn!" Strike two, and Smith's in the back in the, the backstop. He's going, "You're going down. You're going down." And I was like, <laughs> "Damn, this is my teammate." You know, <laughs> you're going down. You're going down. I was like, "Damn!" You know, and I ended up getting a ground rule double off that guy. Uh, Did he get you at, at all that no, night? No, he didn't get me. No, he didn't get me. Nobody ever got me. Not not that year. No. They got batted 92 times that year and never struck out. But but Smith was back there that he's, you're going down, you're going down. I was like, damn, dude, come on. <laughs> damn. At the time, same time, David Blake used to always chew tobacco, and I wasn't from the country. I didn't know nothing about no chewing tobacco, you know. And that was, that was the first time I was up that day, and he had had me take a big old clod, you know, and put him on. And I swallowed it. Now I'm back there puking. <laughs> yeah, I'm puking before I get up to bat. And that was the same time Smith said, you're going down, you're going down. <laughs> yeah, there's some characters at Middlesex High School. Mm. Characters. Yeah. 
So we talked about politics a little bit, got some stories out of you. What do you think about me joining uh, the Oklahoma Native American Church and doing these sweat lodges? I think you, you said you wanted to come to one, right? I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I would love to experience it. I think I respect you so much for the research you do on certain things that if this is what's going to make you happy, man, I say go for it. I don't know enough about it. I'd love to go down there and do it sometime. Evidently, it must be pretty healing. Um, no, listen, I'm never going to be, you do a lot of research. Uh, I was always too stupid to do research. On, That's one good thing about the internet. You know? Yeah. But you it's have to have the to but you have to have the ability to sift the bullshit from yeah. the, from the And I I guess I don't have the ability for that. I mean <laughs> there's I a lot just, of bullshit in there. There's yeah. so much. But I mean, hey, listen, I really think that's pretty cool to tell you the truth. And I kind of believe it without even researching it. Because I think a lot of times your body needs to sweat out the bullshit. You know, because there's a lot of bullshit going on. And so, hey, I was like, go for it. Yeah. I'm going to do it eventually. I am going to do it. But well, They're uh, out there in South Dakota having a real one right now. Oh, yeah. The yearly, like, yeah, they're uh, they're doing, what, what do they call it? Um, what does he always say? You come to Sundance. That's what they call it, Sundance out there in Sundance South Dakota. Sundance Festival? Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's, they do, there's Sundances all across the, Especially West, Midwest and West, uh, not as not so much in, here in the East, but um, that's one of the big ones. Yeah, there's a bunch of tribes. I think he said eight different tribes come together, and then a bunch of different. You've met some good people Native through America. that too, right? Oh, yeah, no. yeah. And I love Jimmy. He's the medicine man. He's See, that's guy. the thing. He... Taino, you, you, native you do... uh, native to Puerto Rico. You do different stuff, and you. You try different things, and you uh, you get to meet people, and that's what it's about. It's yeah. the communication part of it. You got to be open to communicating. Yeah, to even you do can't. That. Yeah, you you got to be well. You got to be open minded up. to begin with. Right. I mean, you can't just. Yeah, I, I respect you for that. Yeah, I've not always been that way. Um, more so now than ever. But hey, I think the more you can. The more knowledge you can get and learn about stuff that nobody actually knows a whole lot about, you know, I, I say go for it. All right. I think this has been good, man. Did you have anything else you wanted to get off your chest or let the internet know about, give your opinion on, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah, I just want to agree with what my dad said. I think this whole world's gone to shit. <laughs> uh, so the computer, pessimistic. Lawyers and judges, and if you've experienced any of that, let Gordon know. Because I mean, hey, I'll be honest with you. Hey, maybe I that's know the it's truth. Real. I'm not I saying it. I'm not even denying that they that they could real. be bringing some aspects of culture and society down. But my point is, the phoenix rises from the ashes, and oh. something more beautiful will come out of that. I hope you're right, dude. I hope you're right. But I just, to me. I'm like really negative on the <laughs> on the negative end of uh, the lawyers, judges, and computers. And I, I think computers I'm, are number one. Well, computers I I totally agree one. with you in, on lawyers and judges, and I think uh, 
computers have to start working with the regular common folk rather than the lawyers. Well, I just want to—I want a side note here. Lodges, uh, lawyers and judges. Okay, so my ex-wife, her first lawyer, got me good. Became a judge. <laughs> Say no more. So there you go. Pop said maybe lawyers and judges aren't the same thing, but in that regard, <laughs> they were. But now he changed, though. He had to go from a lawyer to a judge. They're, yeah. in, they're in bed with each other, he but became, they're not exactly he be, the same He was thing. a lawyer and became a judge. And I can certainly understand why, because that guy was good. Totally screwed me, but he was good. Yeah, but they, the law society in general is all bullshit to me. Well... There again, uh, you gotta. I know. I I know. We watched it like ten years ago, but you gotta watch that movie Chimatica again. Mm -hmm. He talks about like the reason that your birth certificate, your driver's license, all official documentation, your name is in all capital letters. It goes back to an old Roman law called Capitus Diminutia Maxima. It's because the artificial person Billy Carson represents the natural person. Billy Carson, mm -hmm. and until you and he didn't have a friggin' clue what he was doing. Yeah, well, of yeah. course, but not, not most. I would say ninety nine percent of people don't, and um, yeah, just by appearing in court, you're basically agreeing to. I didn't appear in court the last time, and that's what really got me. Well, but you, I didn't understand. You've it. agreed to too much previously, <laughs> as far as the artificial well, person. He called and said Ms. Carson wanted more money, and I was like, no, Ms. Carson, this is what she's getting. I agreed to, and he said, we'll see you in court in a couple of weeks, and I was like, well, I never got any, any, uh, any. Uh, you got it. That's it's recording from that, so you do need to put that up there. I said, I, I, I no, never the got mic. It. You need. It's got to be up I, there. I never got any uh, notice from the court, so I didn't go. And there again, five hundred dollars more a month. So yeah, there's certainly you always, have to be. It not they'll just bully you. You have to really know the system in order yeah. to be able to defend yourself yeah. against it. But I didn't have a. And I don't. And I've done a lot of research, and I don't. Wouldn't feel. I'm still trying to be a good boy because I don't know enough to to face it head on quite yet. Yeah, that's my problem. But there's another good documentary called Grip. It's about this guy, Rob. He doesn't even go by Rob Paget anymore because he understands how fucked up the system is. Rob Paget is the artificial person, right? Mm -hmm. So he only goes by Rob of the Paget family. See, maybe that's what I should do, Billy of the Carson family. Well, you got to do a lot more research than just that because there's it's a lot deeper than that. But the way that law society works, there's like it's all word control. You, if once you've agreed to certain words, then they've got you hooked because you've made that agreement, and you have to figure out certain ways to. You have to literally write letters to back out of certain agreements, and and you know submit these letters to the correct authorities, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but this guy, Rob of the Paget family, he has reacquired land in Canada as native land, and he's like building tribe. I mean, he's uh, working with one of the native tribes of Canada, and he's gotten land back from the, from the, the, the state. Canadian state. It's not part of Canada, Canadian territory anymore. It is land of the earth and owned by nobody but you know, you know what he calls spirit or God or whatever you want to call that natural force that creates everything you know and so the fact that he can do it means other people can do it you know 
So I'm a, I, I've been looking into it, but you done? I gotta pee. You wrapping this up? <laughs> you gotta pee. We'll cut an official closing. I'll cut that little part where you're peeing out. <laughs> yeah, do that. Well, this is awesome, Pops. I love you, bro. Love you too, man. My heart, bro. And uh, I really appreciate this because I'll be honest with you, I've gotten a lot out of your. I would do this with anybody. I would do this with mom, but she uh, don't talk to nobody. Uh, <laughs> you best not. Uh, I'm saying I would do it with anybody. I think everybody's got a story, and until yeah, you, everybody's got a story, and it'd be interesting to see you do one with her. Yeah, uh, I would. That would be a mind blowing thing for me. <laughs> well, um, but anyway, yeah. Uh, I love you. Doubt I it. love you both, and I really appreciate you. Uh, what you're doing. Um, you're a hundred percent, hundred percent, um, keep listening. You, you probably, you probably will probably want me back on because I am going to be popular after this. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> we'll see about that. All right, guys. Later. <laughs> You believe in repair? What if the kingdom of heaven's within you? Do you think you would enter, huh? What do you know, huh? How do you know truth? From the pity of your soul or just cause somebody told you? Do you think about what you think about? Do you see yourself in the people that you hang around? Keep quiet, let me think aloud. Listen up, wanna break it down. And question your perceptions, I'ma break it down, down. And question your perceptions, do you ever? Question your perceptions to you. Question it all, yeah. What if your money was worthless? Then would you know what you're worth is? And reconsider living with a purpose. How would you determine what work is? Are you seeking what's easy to purchase? Or is it deeper than what's on the surface? Do you question your perceptions ever? Have a soul is real, huh? It ain't your politicians. Know your status. All of that is fiction. So it's real, huh? It ain't your entertainment. Nor the industry I heard is filled with fake shit. And I need truth, I need truth over everything. Yeah. I need truth, I need truth above all else. So I need truth, I need truth over everything. Yeah, give me the truth, give me the truth, give me the truth, yeah.